everybody, and happy spring. Finally, finally, it's springtime. I could not be more grateful for that. I'm Jean Faulkner, and you're listening to Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting, the podcast. I'm the author of Common Sense Pregnancy and a whole lot of blogs, articles, and essays all related to the art, science, and physiology of becoming and being a parent. When you think about it, Parenting is all about creativity and invention in its most profound form. Pregnant women are creating human beings one month at a time, and new parents are creating new members of humanity. And week by week, month by month, we're, creating, we're recreating ourselves to accommodate this new role in life. And all this creativity, I think, is sort of the byproduct of the of faith and hope that The world is ready to welcome our children and welcome us into the tribe of parents. And just, I'm going to go ahead and add a little bragging to this story. I have a bunch of kids, three daughters, a niece, and a son, and they are truly my finest, most creative work. Um, They're certainly, you know, the, the work that I have poured the most of myself into. They're all just as different from each other as can be, and they're all funny and smart and kind and creative. And, you know, I can't take all that much credit for who they turned out to be. As any parent will tell you, kids are born fully who they are right from the start. And if you have more than one child, you really, that message just really gets driven home because they're each so unique and so different. And what you do with one child isn't necessarily what you're going to do with the next. And, you know, who they become Well, you know, society and family and friends and experiences and location and culture and teachers, they all have a lot to do with that. But, you know, what the hell? I had a big role in it too. And I created them after all with some help from my husband. And that's what, I I guess that's why I've been thinking about creation and invention and just how amazing it is that my kids are here in this world at all. I mean, one minute they weren't and then the next, there they are and I made them. That's so weird, right? It's all about creative force, and there's really no time in a woman's life when that force is more powerful than when she's, you know, creating and raising her children. For a lot of us, that creative force just keeps flowing, too, because there's so much at stake, right? We have to figure out so much stuff in order to raise our babies and manage our careers and maintain and nurture our relationships, and if we're doing it right, taking care of ourselves. So that's why I I am calling this episode the mother of invention. I got an email recently from a new mom, Sonia, who says she feels a little manic since she had her baby and she doesn't know what to do with all her pent-up energy. She was a marathon runner prior to being pregnant and she worked a high-energy job as a designer for a software firm. She's used to being active both physically and intellectually all day long. Now that she has a newborn at home and she's on maternity leave, she doesn't know what to do with herself and all that pent-up energy. She's tired, as all new moms and parents are, but she's not content to just sit around watching her baby. Once the laundry's caught up, the house is tidy enough, and the baby is fed, cuddled, played with, and back to sleep, she's bored and edgy, and she says Facebook just isn't enough. She says she feels like a little bit of a jerk since her all her friends were happy as clams sitting still with their babies and napping and reading and essentially basking in the glow of the little person they created. 
Sonia goes back to work in a few weeks and says that unlike her friends, she can't wait. Her question is this, am I a jerk? No, Sonia, you're not a jerk, honey. You're a mom with a busy mind and a normally active lifestyle and apparently a sleepy, low-maintenance baby. Lucky you. Pop that kid in the stroller and go for a run if you're physically up to it. Grab a pad and pen and start making lists of things you always wanted to do but haven't had time for. Like, I don't know, anything. Knitting, painting, writing a business plan, crafting, designing, drawing, inventing. Whatever you want to do, I don't care. Just do stuff that will tap off some of that creative energy. Now's the time. I read Elizabeth Gilbert's new book, Big Magic, and um, she has a great podcast too called Magic Lessons. And she talks about living a life driven by creativity. Not necessarily art, but it, I mean, it could be anything. Dance, build, cook, whatever. The idea is to cut loose and make stuff just for the fun of it. And because it'll bust loose the creative storm waters and generate a greater sense of satisfaction in the rest of your life. So Sonia, you've been creating something magical all year, your baby. And while some moms are so wiped out during the first few months, years of parenting, you apparently still have a wellspring of creativity that's just dying to get out. So do something today. Because once you get back to work, all your off hours will be spent with your little one. There won't be time to do laundry, much less <clears throat> time to be creative. So do it now. Don't feel like a jerk for wanting to go back to work. Consider yourself lucky that you have a great gig to get back to that makes you feel like you're doing your best stuff. You didn't mention daycare arrangements, but it, does, it doesn't sound like you're stressing about that. Lucky again. There are all kinds of ways of being a parent. Some of us want to stay at home and spend our creative energies there. Some of us want to get back to our professional lives and spend our creative energies there. There's really no wrong way to do it if you're honoring your own physical, intellectual, and yes, financial needs and those of your children. You do you, Sonia. Do what you want. I got another email that's kind of the polar opposite of Sonia's letter. Latre emailed that she has to go back to work pretty soon after having her newborn, and she's totally freaking out. She needs the income, but she can't stand the idea of leaving her baby. She 100% wants to stay at home, be a stay-at-home mom, but her budget just won't allow that. She says she has some unique skills. She didn't say what they were. Um, but she wants to turn them into a business, and she and her partner have enough saved up that she could take another few months off work. But she wonders if it's crazy to try and start a business right now, what with the new baby. Her questions are these. Just how much can one mom do? And how realistic is it to have a new baby and build a new business at the same time? Oh, let's just answer that first question. Just how much can one mom do? Everything. We can do everything. It's amazing. Maybe we can't do it all at once. Maybe we have to wait a little while and spread things out over time. But there is nobody more creative, ambitious, and capable than a mom. I believe that. I absolutely believe that. And I'm going to go ahead and say that the same thing applies to dads. Um, but, you know, I'm a little biased. I think moms are the ones who are doing most because they've, they've got so much at stake there. Second question, how realistic is it to have a new baby and build a new business at the same time? Well, Latre, I need to start out with a great big disclaimer on this one. I don't want to advise you to quit your job and start something new if it means you're going to lose your house and go broke. Only you and your partner know how much financial stress you can handle, and starting a new business is nothing if not financially stressful. 
So there, that's that. I, I just, you know, I don't want you to come back, write back to me later and say, oh my God, we went bankrupt because of what you said. This is just my opinion, guys. But to answer your question of how realistic it is to have a new baby and start a new business, I think it's something that we're seeing happening all over America all the time these days. Frankly, I think it's kind of a brilliant risk that a lot of mothers are taking because entrepreneurship is at the heart of how many mothers are surviving America's lack of maternity leave. I mean, if we can't take a year off work and we can't take our babies to work with us and, you know, we we don't have enough, you know, paid time off, well, we're going to have to bring the work home, right? I mean, that's what we're going to do. Um, if we're lucky enough to have a remote job and flexible hours or paid leave or enough un- income that we can work when we want, where we want, and for whom we want, you know, that's a solution. I mean, we're pretty fortunate, those of us that can do that. But, you know, more and more women are doing that. You know, sure, most of us will just have to do what we have to do. We go back to work, whether it breaks our hearts or not. But some of us, those with unique skills like Latrey and maybe a little business savvy, just might have enough creative force left over to make it work. So grab a hold of that creative energy that got you through your pregnancy and give it some serious thought, Latrey. And then let me know what you decided to do. I get to talk to women all the time who've made it work. One woman started a business teaching knitting and she's killing it. Another started writing for a content marketing firm, um, churning out articles about technology while her baby slept. I mean, there's just all kinds of ways to make a living these days. And moms are coming up with some truly amazing ways to combine their need to be with their babies with their need to make a living. And, you know, I wanted to talk to one new mom who she's still working it out in terms of career after baby, but she's doing something pretty exciting that's not only a great outlet for her creative energy, but also a benefit to her city. I want to get Lua Masumi on the line. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. You got Somebody's got the baby today, so you get to chat yep. with us? I do. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I think I just heard him in the background just a little bit. He likes to sing. Yeah. So I'm talking today to Lua Masumi. She is a new mom with a super healthy, gorgeous baby boy, Joaquin. And she had Joaquin in August. And was it November you had to go back to work? Yeah. Yeah. That was a bad day. That was awful, actually. Um, And for those of you listening today, you know, everybody goes, they faces the return from maternity leave with no small amount of anxiety and trepidation. But for you, it was worse than usual because the day before you went back to work, your childcare fell apart. So you had to scramble and rally. And with the help of friends and families, you managed to get through that first horrible week. What was it like? It was so much worse than anyone could have prepared me for. Um, You spend the first three months Um, and I was about three and a half months really being able to bond and connect and spend this time with this beautiful little person. Um, and you develop this relationship and you, it's just the transition from, um, from him being born to a few months later when you actually feel like you know this person and, um, he's my first baby. So 
it was so daunting and when I realized that no one was going to come back because I wasn't babysitting and um, I was the authority on this person and I didn't feel like the authority mm-hmm. at the beginning mm-hmm. and um, then we had a rhythm and then having to um, to to leave that was just so heartbreaking um, and then the stress of not knowing where he was going to be and, and not having um, a, a really a plan that I had enough time to get used to was really, really difficult. And I've talked to so many moms since then um, who have been in a similar boat and who just are so sad to have to split their time and um, and have their child be with someone besides themselves or their partner. Yeah, it's so anxiety-provoking. And I did a podcast a while back um, with Jessica Shortall, who wrote the book Work, Pump, Repeat. And she did this really amazing TED Talk about, um, you know, it was basically a treatise or an argument for, you know, why we need longer maternity leave. Because women are going back to work, you know, like you said, you're just getting the hang of it. You're just getting to know this baby. You're just starting to feel like you know, you you can inhabit your own body again. Um, And all of a sudden, you're back at work. And, you know, if you don't, I think that even if in the best of circumstances, if you've got the best possible daycare situation, it is still like ripping your heart out and trusting someone else to take care of it. It's awful. It is. It really is. And there's so much um, that I've been reading about that third trimester or the third trimester the fourth trimester mm-hmm. um and your your mood swings and you're just your hormones rebalancing and some people seem to say that that fourth trimester is actually more like four months before you're able to really exercise in the same way and um and you're really putting your life together again um now that you have a baby and trying to figure out how to do just how to maneuver through life and um you can't be the same person and, and fall back on all your old habits so it's just a lot to really um it's a lot to really cope with and um just yeah just by itself just if you were able to carry your baby with you all day long when you did everything um just getting in the car now takes instead of it being one minute now takes 25 minutes and um <laughs> instead of getting up in the morning and taking a shower, you know, you try to take a three minute shower and wash your hair and still have shampoo in your hair and then change a diaper at the same time. And so you're just juggling all these different pieces. And then for most people, work is an incredibly um, big and draining part of their day. Um, and so it's, it's really hard to figure out um, that balance. I think that's hard for people in general. Um, in this country, a lot of people struggle with the work-life balance, regardless of whether they have children. And um, I don't think we really have something set up that honors um, that honors people that honors family in that way, and um, really honors other parts of people's lives. Mm-hmm. And I think for for maternity leave and paternity leave, especially, which is so short for most people. Um, that's just really sad and there's it's just sad that we haven't found a better way to support families um and honor families in the way we do things 
So what did you end up doing? You got through that first horrible week, and then what happened? Um, I got through it, and I felt like that just wasn't, I didn't, I didn't want to go through um, in that way for a long period of time. So I left. and um, Left? You quit your I job? Left my, I quit my job and um, started really looking for um, alternative ways to uh, work. So some, doing some contracting, and now I'm working part-time um, and doing other projects that um, I can do from home or do on my own time or in the middle of the night or on Saturday or um, that are more flexible. So, and, um, but you kind of yeah. ended up taking on a really high pressure job while nursing yeah. a newborn and, you know, trying to heal up from your delivery. And you primarily took it because it was something you could do from home, right? Yeah. It seemed like logistically that was going to make the most sense. Yeah, and I felt like I I learned the hard way that just being home, um, but also having while well, having a high pressure job doesn't doesn't really um, doesn't really work either. And the, it was the trying to balance having some daycare, um, but the idea was then that I was home so that I I wouldn't need it as much or I didn't want it as much, um, which suddenly meant that I was trying to type an email with one hand and nurse and hold the baby with the other hand and feeling like I was really not present at all, um, even while being physically present, which in some ways was worse than, than not being there yeah. um, physically. I remember when I had my first, I was um, in nursing school and I um, also did medical transcription. And, you know, this was back in the day before computers because that first baby is 28 now. Um <clears throat> And holding the baby on my lap while trying to type a complicated medical report on a word processor. And she reached out her little fist and she hit the keyboard in the precise way that she deleted like a 20-page file. Just (laughs) gone, gone, gone. And these were in early, you know, pretty early computer days. And it was over. Oh, my God. I was so stressed out. That was my reality of working from home. It's hard, and I think, you know, if the child is a little older, you can do a little bit more explaining, but with an infant, you can't explain, I'm, look, see, I'm here, but I'm not here, you know. And they don't I get it, do they? I yourself for a few minutes <laughs> <laughs> so while I, can, I do this. All I want to do, darling baby, is answer one email, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, so often... Before women get pregnant and have their babies, they swear that going back to work is going to be no big deal. And I think that I remember, you know, that you've even talked about that to some extent, that you just, you really didn't see what the big deal was. You knew you loved your job. You loved your your career and the social and cultural, you know, aspects that come with working. And you loved the intellectual factors and of obviously the economic benefits. And mm-hmm. And then you have you get pregnant, and all of a sudden, women start feeling like, wait, 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 wait. I thought it was going to be easy, and they even during pregnancy realize that there is a deeper connection there, and that there's a lot more at risk. Um, do you remember that? Do you remember having those feelings? I do. Um, I've never been good at being just isolated at home. I never had a desire to have a 
work from home job before. Um, and I knew that having a baby was going to change my life, but I didn't realize how much it would change everything that I was my identity. Yeah. It changed. I mean, I, I think it's impossible to imagine that what a new identity for yourself until mm-hmm. you're suddenly have one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's difficult to really prepare yourself for for what that's going to look like until all of a sudden you're in it. Um, I think that's just a really hard thing to imagine. Um, and I did think I'd go back. I thought I'd go back first and foremost because of financial reasons, um, but secondarily because it was a job that meant a lot to me. Um, you worked with kids, right? I worked with kids and I worked with um, community members and did a lot of work um, supporting teachers and, and building capacity in our community and bringing resources to an under-resourced um, community in Los Angeles. And that was something that really um, was a really big part of my identity. Um, so imagining that away isn't, it was and is um, still challenging to, to kind of rebuild myself. Um, mm-hmm. And, and not be that person anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, as much as I loved all of the students and actually continue to love all the students that I worked with, um, I knew that I wanted to be a mom mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. than um, I wanted to do anything else. Yeah. And um, having worked with kids for so many years, I know the value of having a parent who is as present as possible. Yeah. And um, you can't put a price on it. Yeah. Yeah. So you you quit one job and you took another job and then that one turned out to be just way too stressful for you. Wasn't the right fit. Um, so then you started scrambling again. Then what happened? Are you at a point um, now where you're, where you're, you know, kind of picking up bits and pieces of work? making it work that way? How's it going? Yeah, to some extent. I'm doing some um, contracting <clears throat> on the side. I'm working part-time. Um, and I'm building. I think the best description for where I'm at right now is, is building, mm-hmm. um, both professionally and personally. Um, and that is just so layered. Um, and I think that the hardest thing for me has been to be okay with not knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and not having it all together and um, being in a state of figuring it out. Yeah. Um, I think I think probably... I think uh, that, that most moms plan their maternity leaves with, you know, some fairly definite ideas of what they're going to do and how they're going to manage and what it will be like and, and the conditions that have to be met in order for them to feel like they're keeping all their balls, you know, in the air. And most of the time it's nothing like they thought it would be. Much like labor, you know, you go in, yeah, yeah, you go into it thinking this is how it's going to be. And then you get there and you go, oh, no, no, that's not what I thought it was going to be at all. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) I think parenthood and pregnancy and labor and parenthood are all just these heightened examples of how little control we really have in life. Yeah. And it's a constant exercise in remembering that you don't have control and finding a way to be okay yeah. with that. 
So I'm, I'm, you know, sort of working title for this podcast is the mother of invention because so this is such a common scenario where, you know, women go back to work and they realize that, um, that it's not going to work that, you know, the, the job situation or the daycare situation or, you know, whatever the situation is, they realize that this isn't what they can do professionally right now. And I have met some women who have developed these brilliant um, entrepreneurial concepts, new businesses, new projects in order to fill the economic gap. And some women, um, you know, they've had these huge spurts of inspiration and creativity because it's, you know, sort of an antidote for some of the routine and mundane aspects of raising babies. You know, I know one woman who didn't have to go back to work, um, but she had no idea that she would be bored. And she actually felt kind of bad about it. She thought it would be this magical wonderland of, you know, minute by minute fabulousness. And then she realized that, no, actually taking care of a baby can be pretty darn isolating and boring. And she, um, you know, she started her own business doing jewelry making. And, you know, I know women who've become bloggers and um, at-home mortgage broker. And I know a woman who became a house cleaner um, because she could put her baby in a backpack and clean the house with, you know, without leaving the baby at home. Um, I know one woman, I heard about one woman who started, I just love this idea. She um, worked at a doggy daycare and she had her baby and um, when she went back to work she managed to talk to the management about letting her set up a little area of the warehouse where they had their doggy daycare um, where she could put in a crib and she did and it was just awesome it was such a hit that the other employees started bringing their kids in too and pretty soon it was a doggy baby daycare center and it was just you know it all started with a mom scrambling mm-hmm yeah, you must know moms that are doing the same thing. I do. I know moms who have not had to go back to work and have made the choice to be stay-at-home moms and um, balance their finances on a single income. And I know moms who went back to work and, and said, I can't do this. And um, I know someone who was, again, really committed to the organization that she had worked at for many, many years um, and, and left to start a um, from home business. Mm-hmm. Um, I know women who have um, found ways to transition their jobs from the office to the home. Um, and then um, even women have to continue to go to work to find creative ways to um, be at home as much as possible or reduce outside childcare as much as possible. Um, so I think there's just a drive there to to figure out a better way or your own way uh, to to be a provider and to be a mom. And I've yeah. also just noticed a whole lot of women who, you know, it's as if they still have a surplus of creative energy after their pregnancies, after they created this mm-hmm. fabulous baby. And they create, they create these amazing things. And I'm, <clears throat> I really want to talk about, you know, the new project that you're doing because it's a podcast, and I love me some podcasts. Um, so tell me about what you're doing. 
Well, it was an idea that I thought of while I was on maternity leave. Um, I think because at that point I, I had time. Um, baby was little and took a lot of naps. Um, and I, I needed something to think about. Um, and, um, I've been working in Los Angeles for a really long time, um, with a lot of just really wonderful people, um, who, um, go to work every day, um, and, um, through their work or volunteerism, um, are really making Los Angeles a, a better place, um. And so we wanted to, a friend of mine and I um, began this project, and we wanted to highlight um, more than just good news, but good organizations, good projects, um, good ideas that are contributing to making Los Angeles a better place for people to live, work, and play. And um, so... Can you tell um, us about any of them? Yeah, Um we're still building our building is my theme, mm-hmm. um, but we're still we're still building our website and, and learning um, all of the behind the scenes um, editing and um, all those different pieces. But um, yeah, we interviewed someone um, who is working um, for a mental health organization in South Los Angeles, and um, what they've done is something really exciting and. Um, they've taken this old bread factory in South LA, Weather Bread, and they moved in and they have a number of um, wraparound services, mental health provider um, type services. So um, alcohol and drug abuse programs, um, they do art therapy for kids, um, and they moved into this space and they revitalized it and built um Remodeled and it looked beautiful. And then they started inviting other organizations into this because it's a huge old factory. So um, to share this space, so there's a gym. So when people come, um, because in this area part of South Los Angeles, most people take the bus. So if they've made the effort to get there, um, they're not just there for an hour or for the one thing. They can also use the gym while their child maybe is in an art therapy class. Um, they have classes for parents, for parent um, development classes. And they have um, another clinic, a health clinic moved in. So you can also go and get your physical. Um, it's and brilliant. So they've, yeah, it's really, really wonderful. Um, so we interviewed um, Carlos, who is their um, was it director, of oper- the director of operations who's been really um, developing this project. Um, so he was one of our first interviews. I love and, it. What's the podcast called? The Superheroes of Los Angeles. Superheroes of Los Angeles. Can people listen to it now? Uh, We just have the one episode on our website, which is lasuperheroes.com. We are, in the next couple weeks, we'll have um, a whole bunch more coming out for people to listen to. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Oh, that's so great. I love that. That's, that's, you know, mother of invention. You're creating stuff. Yeah. What else do you want people to know about, you know, kind of making it a smooth transition going back to work? I think it's different for every single person. Um, and so it's, I think it's a conversation that, that every new mom should be able to have with their employer and with their support, um, 
network um, for what that's going to look like for them, for what their needs are, and what their life looks like. Um, but I think I think it's just about being easy with yourself and knowing that this is something that's really difficult um, for every mom. Mm-hmm. And I think, I hope, I guess I should say that as a society, we really spend some time thinking about what's best for family, what's best for our kids. Um, These are the citizens of the future. They are. And there's so many studies that are just showing how important um, attachment is to the parents and what that does for a child's brain development and their ability to cope with stress moving forward in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of research being done in that area, and it's 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 critical really to a baby's development to have um, a caregiver who who they can attach to, who who knows the sounds of their laughs and the different cries and the different noises that they make and can be really responsive because babies only have so many communication tools and you really have to be paying attention. Um, and it would I, I just think that that's a conversation that we need to have as a as a larger society mm-hmm. um, in terms of what do we value and um, we, we have those we conversations kids. we have those conversations what we don't have is practical solutions I mean I think that we're yeah. starting to see that I mean, like I think Etsy announced today that their employees have an extended maternity leave and you know we see some of the Really big corporations are addressing that. But those are actually, in a way, some of the people who need those services the least because they tend to be white collar, mm-hmm. higher income families. But, you know, for, you know, regular women, yeah. you know, much like ourselves, we're not seeing a lot of solutions yet except for family and friends. Yeah. And I yeah. think that that's the conversation that really needs to be had because. It, big businesses is a great step. Um, yeah, but what do the waitresses do? What do the teachers do? Mm-hmm. What do the nurses do? What do the house cleaners and, you know, the dry cleaner, what do they do? It's all mothers, all of us. We're all working. Yeah. We're like 50% of the economy, and yet this is a basic – and we're, you know, we provide 100% of the babies, and, <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous yeah. that – we're still having these conversations and we don't have solutions. We don't. And I am not an economist, so I don't know that I really have a a real working solution, but it seems like we've got to be able to find a way. I mean, other countries have find a way to give a a year, you know, a year for a baby. Yeah. Every, Um, many other countries have done that and you know, their economies mm -hmm. haven't fallen apart. But America's yeah, special. I, We're special. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of ways that some work, um, you know, work that can be done from home or just maybe thinking about more flexible ways for people to earn income rather than the traditional 40 hour work week, which I don't know anybody who actually works a 40 hour work week anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think they but, work more or they work less? Oh, more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So much more. It seems like we fought so hard for a 40-hour work week and everyone works 60. Yeah. Um, so maybe just also shifting the focus away from the priority being um, being work as how we define ourselves. Yeah. Um, 
shifting away from needing so many things, you know? Well, that's um, kind of a, that's a, a bit of a, taking a different direction in the conversation is around the subject of identity, especially for mm-hmm. um, women who work. How different is it for you to, you know, shift your identity away from being a working person? You know, like I identify as being a writer and a podcaster and a nurse and a mom and a wife and a friend and all of that. Um, But I think that, you know, whenever somebody asks you, oh, what do you do? Or, you know, tell me about yourself. I always I always fall back on talking about work first. I think that that is a really American thing. I've, I was reading something recently where someone said, it was really highlighting it. You know, the, the first thing we asked is, what do you do? Yeah. Um, not, what's your favorite book? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have children? What grade was your favorite in school? That we have created our entire identity about, you know, around what we do to bring home money. It's and what we value. I don't know what the, it is what we value, but I think that the majority of people... I don't know, the statistics um, are unhappy in their work. Um, and so we've chosen to define ourselves around something that doesn't even bring a lot of people joy. Yeah. And that seems like a real misalignment in terms of finding um, happiness in yeah. our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lua, we have talked for quite a while now. And I want to ask you, you know, my final question that I ask everybody, and that is this. Where are you in your life as a mom? Where am I in my, in my life as a mom? Mm-hmm. I am enjoying this sweet, amazing, funny, brave little person. And I am just delighted every day to see what he does and what he doesn't do and the way he does it. And being really in awe of mothers everywhere and fathers who just spend so much love on another person. I think there's something just so beautiful about letting yourself just absolutely adore somebody Mm -hmm. um, and then wiping up their poop. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's just something to spend more hours thinking about. And I hope to think about that for the rest of my life. Hmm. That's a nice one. Okay, Lua. Well, thank you very much for coming on the line with us today. I really appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And you guys go check out the website. Tell us it again, Lua. LASuperheroes.com. Excellent. And start looking for more podcasts. Mama said there'll be days like this. There'll be days like this. Mama said. Today's guest was Lua Masumi. You can learn more about her podcast at lasuperheroes.com. Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting is produced by Alex Ward at Sounds Like Pictures Studios in Portland, Oregon. You can learn more about me at genefaulkner.com and email me at gene at genefaulkner.com. Thanks for listening, subscribing, and sharing Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting podcast. And for keeping this common sense or this conversation going. And as always, I love getting your emails. Thanks, guys. Let's talk again next week. Everybody.